Let's turn back to our hymnals, hymn number 111. And let's continue to praise God with this third hymn, which will be our, our offering hymn. We can stay seated for the first uh, three verses. to hear your word, we desire to worship thee. Bless these tithes and offerings, use them for the furtherance of your gospel in this area, in this land. Bless the radio ministry also, and we ask that you would be with each one here. Bless our brother Stephen, that you would give him words from above, that you would give him power, give him joy in bringing that word as well, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's continue on with this hymn. Start at uh, the verse number four. Back to our Bibles and turn with me to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2.
Luke chapter 2, and we'll read from the first verse down to the 21st verse. Let us hear the Word of God. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was, while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. And when eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus, which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. May God bless the reading of His Word. And as 1 Peter 1.25 says, But the Word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the Word. This is the Word by the Gospel is preached unto you. Let's pray. O Heavenly Father, as we come before Thy Word, what a privilege it is. And we would ask, O Lord, that the Holy Spirit would attend unto the preaching and the hearing of the Word here this morning in Cloverdale. O Lord, come in mighty power, that we would know Thy nearness, that we would know Thy breath from heaven upon our necks. O Lord, come so ever near. We need to, to come to the hearth of Thy love afresh. And so, Lord, we come with much neediness. Oh, Lord, we confess our weakness. 
We confess our coldness of heart. We confess, O Lord, that we've heard this story before. And so, Lord, bring it to life for us by Thy Holy Spirit. And Lord, as we come to Thy Word, we confess, O Lord, the great need that we have. O Lord, we pray for each minister throughout this province and this needy country that all Thou would help them that the Holy Spirit would help them in their ministries. Lord, I know very little of what it is to labor week in and week out with the Word of God, oh, for to feed a flock. But Lord, there are ministers that labor in this daily, the burden upon their shoulders. Oh Lord, be their strength. Oh Lord, uphold them with thy mighty arm. And Lord, even as I come to preach, Make me thine evangelist today that I would show forth thy praise from my lips and that thou would be glorified in the heaven and on the earth that all power and dominion would be unto thee, O God, as we pray in Jesus' most precious and worthy name. Amen. Amen. Well, we see in verse 8 and 9 the angel of the Lord appearing to the shepherds to announce good tidings of great joy. That in the fullness of time, the Savior has come. The prophesied Messiah, the promised Savior has arrived. That day spring on high has come. The one who would declare, I am the light of the world. Christ the Lord has come. We think of the words of the hymn that says, Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope the weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Fall on your knees, O hear the angels' voices. And that is my desire today that we would praise Almighty God as the angels did. That our hearts would join that angelic anthem of worship and jubilation, adoration to our God. And that we would be then sent forth with the good news to one and all this Christmas season. Luke 2.14 says, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. We must herald this gospel message. For we know all too well that the world has been plunged into sin and darkness. The world in sin and error pining. The darkness so complete as I recall. In the pit of my own sin and under the shadow looming of death. Isaiah 60 verse 2 says, Behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people. See, a sinner, a sinner is aptly described as he that walketh in darkness and knoweth not whither he goeth, because that darkness hath blinded his eyes. Neighbor, perhaps you are in the darkness of sin even now. Perhaps you even love your sin. And in Romans 1, 29-31, there is this terrible list. And it says that you're filled with all unrighteousness. 
fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of all evil things, disobedient to parents, and it goes on, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable and unmerciful. Oh, sinner, if you recoil as I once did in disgust, as your sins are exposed before you, I bid you, cometh to the light. If your conscience is deeply troubled and your mind unsettled, I bid you come to the light here today. If you're made aware of the darkness within and without, that is a gift from God, O cometh to the light. Turn with me to John chapter 3. John chapter 3. And as we turn to Matthew 3, let us hear the words here because perhaps you, perhaps you love your sin. Perhaps you're listening and you resent being condemned for your evil deeds. Perhaps you resent being condemned for your unbelief. Hear with me John 3, 19. And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men loved darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. O sinner, standing in the darkness of sin condemned, do not despair, because I have good news to share with you this morning. Verse 17 of John 3 says this, For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. And verse 18 says that He that believeth on Him is not condemned. So come today believing in Jesus Christ, the One who is the way, the truth, and the life. John 3.21 says, He that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. Come today. Come today believing. Where once you walked in darkness, you will now walk in light. Where once your deeds were evil and thus serving the devil, your deeds are now exposed in the light. Put to the of truth and light and if and if by the light of the gospel here today if that light is shed abroad in your repentant believing heart then your deeds that were once evil are now wrought in God your deeds are now done by his strength your deeds are now done for his sake to his honor and to his glory, then, then and only then shall we have rejoicing. The weary world rejoices. And so folks, as we turn to Isaiah chapter 9, let's go to Isaiah chapter 9. And if the preaching of the word is applied to your heart here today, if it is applied there by the Holy Spirit, 
And it is like, like flares in the dead of night. If you have a thrill of hope, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn, then look at Isaiah 9 verse 2. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. And verse 6 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and, the, and peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom, to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Sinner, oh friend, if you're looking down the barrel of, of just another vain, empty Christmas season, if you're walking in darkness and dwelling there in the shadow of death, do not miss this in Isaiah 9. Verse 2 says, the light has shined upon you. And it says in verse 6 that a child is born unto you. A child is given unto you. And from when, from when does this great blessing come? From whom is this grand and gracious gift? What could be the motivation of such an act of mercy and and grace to the lost sinner. And the answer is there in Isaiah 9, verse 7. The zeal of the Lord will perform this. God's zeal, His fervent love for His people, His zeal shall do it. For His own glory, for the good of His church, for the honor of His Son, for the truth of His promise, and for His tender mercy. We see in Luke 1, it says, through the tender mercy of our God, the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. There is even an exhortation here to the, to the one who would evangelize, to the one who would preach. The Apostle Paul, by the Holy Spirit, addressed those that would give the good news to others. He wrote of this same light that we've been speaking of as a light that is received and a light that is given. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 6. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of the darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And so it is my desire here today to give or to point you towards the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. May we behold the light of the knowledge of the glory of God today. May we behold the face of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. May we even join the angelic anthem, singing out with all of our hearts, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And so let us narrow our focus in 
on Luke 2.14. And I'm compelled to, to preach upon two points. God's glory and God's gift. God's glory. See, the glory of the Lord shined round about the shepherds in all its brightness such as made the night become as day. A heavenly glory attending God's appearance and a message to fallen mankind. The message of salvation in Jesus Christ. And it says in verse 13, Suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest. A heavenly chorus. A, a doxology of praise. An angelic anthem. Glory to God. And what's interesting, we know from Scripture that this, this chorus of angels, this multitude of angels all singing praise to God, it was in harmony. If you can picture musically the harmony of sound between uh, the angels and, and even the earth and the heavens declaring the glory. There is a grand chorus we know that this chorus is, 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 is layered upon layered. We know from Psalm 19.1 that the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth His handiwork. Glory is given everywhere in creation. We see it in the ebb and the flow of the oceans. We see it in the, the fury of the river. We see it in the wail of the deep. We see it in the eagle in flight. Oh, friends, we see it even in the running of the deer, the grass of the field, the cattle thereon, the, the flowers and the... And all things giving glory to God in a, in a chorus for the ages. All giving glory to God. As we sung earlier, heaven and nature sing. All in a chorus of praise. All in a chorus of praise with one exception. There is one exception. And that, my friends, is the darkened heart of man. That is the exception. The only way that we can sing glory to God in the highest is to have the love of God, the light of Jesus, shed abroad in our heart. We need to be born again. That is why when the multitude of angels sang glory to God in the highest, because it is the highest glory to God, His goodwill toward men and women, to boys and girls. Redemption has come to the sin-weary world. What grace and mercy from a holy and righteous God. What glory in redeeming a people unto Himself through Jesus Christ. And friends, I want to repeat that sounding joy. I want to repeat the sounding joy of glory to God in the highest. Every time, every time I think of my Savior who paid the debt that I could not pay, I want to repeat the sounding joy. Every time I think of the grievous sins that, that He had to be beaten for, I want to repeat the sounding joy. Every time I, that the, the devil reminds me of my many sins my many shortcomings my weakness in flesh I want to repeat the sounding joy that glory to God in the highest 
Oh, Lord, help us in our weakness that we would praise Thy holy name. And friend, if your heart is still in darkness and you cannot give glory to God, if there's someone watching in from home and your heart cannot give glory to God, if you have no satisfaction, if you have no purpose, this is because you've missed your calling in life. You've missed your calling in life. What is that calling? It says in our catechism most succinctly that man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. That is our purpose. That is our satisfaction. That is the song in our hearts that can cry out glory to God. Turn from your sin and trust in Jesus Christ today so that you can sing out glory to God in the highest. See, when it says in the highest, it speaks of its heavenly origin. It speaks of the heights and the lofty splendors of heaven. This, it speaks of the highest possible act of love and grace to be given the highest praise for. Glory to God in the highest. From the heavenlies, from that heavenly height, it falls. The gift of God descending to earth, not like a, like a comet that burns up as it goes, but as a radiant beam that drives out and expels the darkness from every shadowy corner of the hearts of men. The Son of God condescending from the splendors of heaven to the humble little manger. Salvation in Christ Jesus. It is the gift. It is the gift to everyone here and everyone watching in oh, this Christmas. God, salvation in Jesus Christ. Isaiah 64, verse 1. This is our prayer here today. Oh, that thou would rendest the heavens that thou wouldst come down, that the mountains might flow at thy presence. Oh, God, rend the heavens and come down. Holy Spirit, touch the hearts of men and women, boys and girls, with thy gospel light. Having considered God's God's uh, glory. Let us consider now God's gift. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. God's gift. God's gift is, is earthward, as we've discussed, in, in its direction. It, it comes down from the heavenlies. It's earthward in direction. God's gift is, is to us it says in our, in our text that it is toward men. That is its destination. We have its direction. We have its destination. Which, which leads me, and, and many here today will ask with the psalmist in, in Psalm 8, when I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and stars which thou hast ordained, what is man? What is man that thou art mindful of him? We being depraved, rebellious and disobedient, we deserving God's wrath, deserving His justice against sin, deserving death and hell, but instead, but rather, God gives us a gift, His gift of grace and mercy and love, the gift of His goodwill in sending a Savior. Matthew Henry puts it this way, the gift of His goodwill 
to slay to slay the enmity that sin had raised between God and man. What goodwill that is. I'll read it again. It is, his goodwill is to slay the enmity between God and man. The gift of grace. God's unmerited favor. The gift of peace. Now, now we must, we must not read the latter half of verse 214 with, with a poor exegesis. When we read on earth peace, goodwill toward men, was it a promise then of peace on earth, full stop? Certainly not in the last 2,000 years have we seen peace on earth. We've seen wars continually, the 20th century being the bloodiest of all. How can we know that our text makes its promise as peace toward men and not peace on earth? Look with me at Matthew 10. Matthew 10 and the verse number 34. And you'll see where, where where I'm going with this. Matthew 10 and verse 34. Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. I'll read on. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father, and the daughter against her mother, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's foes shall be they of his own household. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. These are sober, sober thoughts. But Jesus Christ came with peace toward men, not peace on earth as we think of it in those terms. We see that Jesus is both the Savior and the judge. He is a Savior unto men and a judge unto the earth. His sword, his sword falls even here today, separating those that believe from those who do not. This is a sober thing, but the gospel divides according to how individuals respond. And so what is your response to the light of the world? What is your response to the one, Jesus Christ? See, Jesus' message is not one of a false comfort. And yet we see, we see how Christmas evokes a, a sense of peace on earth. But it is a temporary peace. I think of that story of the ceasefire in, in, in World War II. Uh, across the battlefields, all went quiet on Christmas Day, and you could hear the, the hymns of Christmas time sung in English and in German. A false peace, a temporary peace. For the next morning, all the guns started blazing again. And there is in this land a sentimental peace. We think of the Christmas traditions that have had Christ removed from them a secular, false Christmas peace. Friends, it is a pagan counterfeit. 
a false peace which stands not on God's goodwill toward men, but on man's goodwill to man. And it is championed by none other than Santa Claus, who we are told is omniscient, knowing who's been good or bad. But of course, that is not true. Seriously, our text is understood as follows. From heaven, earth is the direction of God's goodwill, which is peace between man and God, a peace made possible only in Jesus Christ and all to God's glory. Folks, it is the gospel message. It is that message that born in that humble manger was the Son of God who lived a a sinless life and in His righteousness we can know peace with God. We can take off our filthy rags of sin and put on the robe of Christ's righteousness that God in all His holiness and righteousness would see His Son's righteousness upon us This is the gospel message. If you will but repent of your sin and trust in Jesus Christ here today. I've asked this before and I'll ask it again. Do you have peace with God through Jesus Christ? Do you have peace with God through Jesus Christ? That that answer will either evoke anger or a great heaviness of repentance in your heart. This Christmas, I beg you, O sinner, come to the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Come to the light of the world. And remember, yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. The light has shined, not on the person beside you in the pew, but to you. It's upon to you. Personal. To each and every one here and watching in, this is personal. It's unto you. The light has shined. Unto you a child is born. Unto you a son is given. My prayer is that you will hear and hearken to. That you will look and live. That you may return to your home this afternoon. That you will return there just as the shepherds did in Luke Luke 2.20. Let's look at Luke 2.20 as we close. What was the response of the shepherds upon seeing the light of the world, having the glory of the Lord shine round about them, seeing the Savior of the world there in that manger? What was their response? I pray it's yours today. Verse 20, And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. It's been told unto you. Will you go home today glorifying in God? Will you go home with that song in your heart that says glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men? Let's turn in our hymn books to the hymn number 90. Hymn hymn 90. Hark the herald angels sing, Glory to the newborn King, Peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. As we...
praise and glorify Almighty God. Father, O Ancient of Days and Mighty to Save, we thank you that you've met with us here this morning. We thank you for your word and how it is an instruction to our hearts. O Lord, give us thy wisdom. Give us thy knowledge of thy glory in the face of Jesus Christ. O Lord, as we depart here this afternoon, depart us with thy blessing, we pray. 
Oh, that the, the crown of salvation would be upon the head of everyone that walks out of the back doors. Oh, Lord, even that the gospel would be upon their lips for to proclaim to a lost and weary world in sin that the Savior has come, a son is born. Oh, Lord, you've given us this wonderful gift and we want to share it with the world. And so, Lord, as we come, may we go... Uh, may we go even rejoicing in Jesus Christ, the one who is our hope here and our glory hereafter. Praise be to Almighty God in the highest. Lord, we pray that thy word would go forth with much power, that the seeds that are planted by thy preaching would grow in all their fullness into thy saving grace. O oh Lord, let not the seed be stolen or trampled or be be be. Uh, Oh, Lord, that it would be choked out. Lord, attend to thy word in mighty power. Lord, we pray that as we go our way, that we would go with the song of the angelic anthem in our hearts. Glory to God. Glory to thee, O God, in the highest, as we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.